0: King's kids, if you are in second grade or shorter, you are dismissed to your own little junior church, save some of that energy for the bounce house later, okay? Uh, Don't wear yourself out on the King's kids' workers. I should have told the, hey, somebody, Tabor, tell the King's kids' worker they can take the kids out to the bounce house. Get them started. Wear them out. What was I thinking? I almost missed just a easy one right there. Wear them out! Uh, who's teaching King's kids today, do we know? Rhonda. All right, good. Yes, they can go make them sweat. It's still chilly enough, they get a good workout in. We'll see how it rolls. Well, open your Bible to Proverbs chapter 26. I'm ready for you. I'm going to be back here putting my microphone on. Ah. Uh, you got it. This is Anthony. He's uh, about to start up a new Sunday school class. We're going to meet on Sundays at 9.30. Uh, somewhere down the hallway, probably in the big fellowship hall, um, he's going to be going through this book, Knowing Scripture. It's a really standard uh, book at Bible College for beginning to know Scripture, the importance of Scripture, the foundation of Scripture. We know God through Scripture. This is a really good series. that he's, He wants us to be more like, like discussion, right? Mm-hmm. He wants you to talk. So uh, he's gonna get to know him. He gets to know you. It's gonna be a good place to uh, work through some difficulties or questions you may have about Scripture, how it applies to your life. Let me encourage you. If you don't already have a 9:30 group, this is for you. This, this guy, this is for you. Um, we're throwing another hook in the water to try to reel you into some deeper fellowship, deeper Bible studies, deeper discussion. This is one way. I preach, you receive. Uh, This is going to be designed to be more of a small group where you can uh, even ask them questions throughout the the week. As a group, come up with some memory verses to work on throughout the week. Really developing uh, your own little circle of believers who know you, contact you regularly, pray for you, and thereby help meet your needs. As a church, we can't always meet all of your needs just when you show up at 1030. You slip through the cracks. You want to stay that way in Anonymous? Okay, we understand that. There's some outliers out there. I understand that. Let me, let me just invite you personally to his class and get to know some other believers who will pray for you, fellowship with you, and learn and grow in the same direction. Was that a good commercial?
1: I think it was great. All right,
0: because he's got to read a whole chapter of Proverbs, so I thought I'd do the class announcement. And R.C. Sproul... Yeah, when you guys meet your first class, we can talk about getting more books and sure. all that jazz. All right, Proverbs 26.
1: Proverbs 26. Like snow in summer, and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a f- swallow in its flying so a curse without cause does not alight. A whip is for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will also be like him. Answer a fool as his folly deserves, that he not be wise in his own eyes. He cuts off his own feet and drinks violence, who sends a message by the hand of a fool. Like the legs which are useless to the lame, so is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds a stone in a sling, so is he who gives honor to a fool. Like a thorn which falls into the hand of a drunkard, so is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. Like an archer who wounds everyone, so is he who hires a fool or who hires those who pass by. Like a dog that returns to its vomit is a fool who repeats his folly. Do you see Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. The sluggard says, there is a lion in the road. A lion is in the open square. As the door turns on its hinges, so does the sluggard turn on his bed. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish. He is weary of bringing it to his own mouth. The sluggard is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who can give a discreet answer. Like one who takes a dog by the ears, is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, Was I not joking? For lack of wood the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the inmost parts of the body. Like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart. He who hates disguises it with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred covers itself with guile, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. He who digs a pit will fall into it, And he who rolls a stone, it will come back to him. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin.
0: God, we pray that you'd honor the reading of your word. Help us to be a people that value your word in every situation of life. Thank you that we have something to rally around that is bigger than us stronger than us smarter than us thank you for your word we lift up dave and roy to you this morning in their sickness and in their pain that you would comfort and direct them bring them back to us as soon as possible may this reading and preaching of your word not return void god as you apply it and press it into our hearts and minds today in jesus name we pray amen Wow. I have a new favorite verse in the Bible. Can can you read verse 1 again for me out loud, Anthony? Just just him. Just verse 1. Just, just, just verse one.
1: Like the snow in summer and like rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting
0: for a fool. Summer and harvest. I am going to have you read every week. Summer and harvest. You want me to teach this class, right? I do. <laughs> I do. I want to be in the class. I want to hear every Bostonian word you can bring up. That is, that makes me want to go to class. i just gonna I would just have a separate column in my notebook. Words I need Anthony to say often. And then I'd come up with a sentence, just give you a card, say, read this. <laughs> That is, that is amazing. Um, yeah, and he probably thinks we all sound funny, but yeah, I'm sure that swings both ways. Well, I gave you a, a free one on your, your note. So the title today is Discernment, Proverbs 26. I hope you got the message there to not be the sluggard. Did you get that? Uh, don't be the sluggard. There's a lot in there. Uh, don't be the fool. Uh, that's, that's the secondary point of the book of Proverbs the primary point is fear the lord and then he gives examples don't do this do this don't do this do this so there's there's a lot of back and forth there's a lot of really practical wisdom uh, i've heard a lot of people say that proverbs is is their favorite book to read for a lot of men because it just kind of just kind of tells them what to do and what not to do and i've been trying to not debunk but unpackage that a little bit because proverbs is not always as practical as you think. And where I'm focusing today is one of the perfect examples of that in the book of Proverbs. Did you catch that? Verses four and five. Verse four says, answer not. And then verse five says, answer. Answer not the fool. And the next verse says, answer the fool. Which is it? My answer to that is yes. Uh, I've always appreciated these verses since I first discovered them in the Bible. Before I even understood what these verses were doing to me, uh, the Bible was training me. The Bible, was, the Bible is training us to read it literally, but appropriately. Appropriately. Literally meaning the way God intends for it in culture in the right cultural context, historical context, grammatical context. It's not wooden, it's living. This is an example of that. It is well the critic might say Contradiction. There it is. The Bible says, answer not. And then it says, answer just, just another example of contradiction in the Bible. Um, if you don't want to believe, just say you don't want to believe. Because the Bible is not going to give you reasons to not believe unless you already see the reasons to not believe. This book's been around a long time. If these verses were genuinely a contradiction, don't you think that would have been cut out by now? Don't you think that would have been altered, changed, tweaked, or just forgotten? If the Bible were really wrong, then we wouldn't be looking at it. It's there for a very specific reason. The people who, who first heard the wisdom of Solomon, wrote down the wisdom of Solomon, and then inserted the wisdom of Solomon here, had a reason for putting those verses back to back. And the reason is this. You need to know and learn when to do one or the other. And in the Bible, we call that discernment. Discernment is the ability to decide between good, better, and best. That's not a slide today, but that's your definition of it. Discernment is the ability to decide between what is good what is better, and what is best. We do that all day, every day. I could just go get a, a container of whey protein powder and get my nutrients and take a multivitamin and drink enough water and choke it all down and survive. Good. I could go to McDonald's. And get a little wider variety of uh, food there. I could get burger, fries, shake, mocha, salad, if somebody's watching. You know, if I'm guilted into it. R- better. Good. Yeah, no salad. You don't go there for a salad. It tells you how long it's been since I've ordered a salad at McDonald's. Thank you for calling me out. Good. Better. Or best. And best is going to be you buying fresh things that are appropriate for your family and get, and eating real food. Not processed, not, not messed up, right? Good, better, best. Discernment. We're exercising discernment all the time because sometimes we're in a hurry and you're just like, oh, I just need a quick breakfast, protein powder, shake. Sometimes, oh, man, we got to be... Sometimes, McDonald's drive through Kids, don't tell your grandma. Sometimes... We have the time, or it's grandma, don't tell your mom. (laughs) I got that backwards, my bad, my bad. Uh, Good, better, best. We exercise discernment all the time. We just don't call it that. But the Bible uses that word, and the Bible presents that idea right here today in these two verses. How do I know when I should answer the full and not answer the full? How do I know what is good, better, and best? You're not gonna like the answer. Because the answer is Mess up a lot And figure it out That's what grace is for But We keep our eyes on Jesus The author The foundation The mediator of our faith we, we are, We're not doing it alone We're just little kids Learning to do our chores Because we love our parents and We're going we're gonna to leave some stuff undone Don't stress out about that. But as we mature, as we, here's the key, not as we get to know ourselves better, but as we get to know God better, our ability to discern between good, better, and best is going to improve. As we improve our relationship with God. It's not all knowledge. So these verses are not contradicting, they're complementing each other. They're not, they're, not, uh, they're not banging heads. They are interlocked, interwoven. Proverbs is demanding that we fear the Lord, think before we speak, show kindness to our enemies. That was last week. Have a long-term perspective of family. Have a long-term perspective on what it means to be parents. Have a long-term perspective on what marriage really is. Have a long-term perspective on how to raise our children. Have a long-term perspective on faith and a slow obedience for a long time in the same direction proverbs proverbs gives us snapshots don't do this do this live this way have this kind of a heart and god comes alongside man if you don't want to believe the bible there are a lot of reasons to not believe the bible um go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Not, not, not really, not right now. If you want a reason to not believe in God, go read the book of Ecclesiastes. All is vanity. All is meaningless. All is a mystery, a mist, and a vapor. The book of Ecclesiastes is in the Bible because it is banging up against the wisdom of Proverbs on purpose. Proverbs says, do right, live right, do this, do that. It's going to be right. You're going to be righteous. It's gonna. It's all going to work out. And Ecclesiastes is sitting there in the corner going, that's a joke. It doesn't always work out as cleanly as that. You don't just do this, this, and this, and then this always happens. Ecclesiastes is, is brutal reality. The just and the unjust die. That's going to be the main thrust of the book. Whether you're good or bad, you're going to die. Ecclesiastes is just, cuts right down to the point you are going to die whatever you do in this life thankfully it ends with fear god keep his commandments (laughs) get that ecclesiastes gets to the main point of proverbs even though it's contradicting sometimes proverbs they have the same big idea the fear of the lord is the secret it's the secret for discernment it's why it's talked about in Proverbs. Why, why, why bring this up? You're going to either A, encounter a fool this week, or B, the fool this week. You will either encounter a fool or be the fool, and, and more than likely a mix of both. How are you going to survive that? Is your faith going to freeze up? Or is your faith going to trust God and learn to live by faith? Ecclesiastes, yeah. Um, God is teaching us about himself in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, in Job and the rest of the Bible. That's what it's there for. Um, What are we learning about God? We're learning God is complicated, He is fair and just, but He's complex. Proverbs is showing a different side of biblical wisdom. You don't, oh, you're don't, you not always gonna be given the direct answer in the Bible because the Bible's not about passing a test. It's about living by faith. God is complex, complicated. God is also fair and just, but he's not fair and just the way you want him to be fair and just. We talked a little bit about that in Job this morning. Because God's fairness and justice, it's it's going to um, look different from person to person and from moment to moment. From person to person, we we need God to respond to us a little differently. Uh, we We don't want God to treat you the exact same way he treated the person next to you because you're different. And moment by moment, that's the next blank, moment by moment, God's going to look like, wow, he's really gracious over here. He's really judgmental over here. It he's, he's, he's re- seems like this is more loving, and it seems like this is more hateful. Like, what's going on with God there? He's a personality who has all these different uh, perspectives. He's the only one who sees everything. You're just the little fish in the fishbowl, and, and your isolated perspective of who God is, it changes by the way God is moving. You're not moving much. You're stuck in space and time. God is outside of space and time. All time is at the same time for God. He knows the beginning from the end. He operates outside of, of all the known realms you could ever believe, think about, or imagine. He's far above your thoughts. So, like the book of Job, be careful when you shake your finger at God. You're not just. You're not right. Whoa! <laughs> That finger needs to be broken, turned. God is just on his terms. He's not trying to be just on your terms. He's God. You are not. One moment, God brings instant judgment on Adam and Eve. Remember that? Kicked out. But then in the next story, Cain is... Given the opportunity to go build his own city and live, and apparently live a long life and die of old age. Instant, slow. To one generation, God brings a flood. Game over. But then another generation, he just scatters them and changes their languages and lets them fill the earth. Moment by moment, God is. God is doing things differently than you would do things. But he's still just. He's still going to carry out the final verdict and the final decision on all things. He's righteous, he's merciful, but not always exactly how we think he should be. As if God was morals, as if God was rules, as if God was law. He's not. We want to always box God in. But we forget that we're the ones who are in the box. We can't get outside of ourselves. We do not live in every dimension imaginable. We do not have all knowledge and wisdom. We don't have all power. Only God does. And this, um, this is I call this the eternal side of God. The eternal side of all reality, but especially of God. It's that eternal side that really throws us out of sorts. It messes up the way that we see our own reality. Uh, we need to have a better perspective. Proverbs is trying to give us that bigger perspective of reality, of who God is, of how justice is in God's hands, not yours, how raising your kids is in God's hands, not yours. And it keeps coming back to the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. Why? Because <sighs> his kingdom will come, his kingdom will be done. I don't have these verses in the bulletin, but just might, might just want to write these down to the side. Ephesians 5, 6 through 10. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with unbelievers, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light. Walk as the children of light, For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Walk as children of light. Listen to the next verse. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. How can I do what is right? Walk with the Lord. That's the New Testament version of fear the Lord and love the Lord. Walk with him and then, and it doesn't even say you will nail it. Did you get that too? It said, try to discern the will of the Lord. You're walking with the Lord and then you're, you're still in flux of making decisions from day to day, from moment to moment, from meal to meal, from child to child, from job to job. Like that's where we live. You need to grapple with that. You're not always going to know the good, better, best. You're not always going to know what is best. And sometimes you're actually going to choose bad. Even when you know what is good. There's a part of you that wants bad. The old you. The fleshly you. The covetous you. A lying, thieving, adulterous you. The you that you don't want to be. Sometimes you know when you should answer the fool, and you don't. Sometimes you know you shouldn't answer the fool, and you do. Even when we know we go against it, what is wrong with us, people? Why do we know what to do and not do it? Why do we know what not to do, and yet we choose that? What? What's wrong with us? 1 John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether the spirit is from God or not. For many false prophets gone into the world. There are many more voices against God today than are for God that are going to speak a piece of truth with lies mixed in. And we've got to have, how do I know which um, videos to watch? How do I know which teachers to trust how do i know which bible studies to pursue which bible teachers to listen to there's this there's this, good better best you're going to have to work at it you're not going to coast through life you're not going to grow spiritual on accident you're going to have to dig in it's going to cut into your me time why would God do that? Why would God cut into my me time? You mean I can't just watch whatever I want, do whatever I want, go wherever I want, be with whoever I want? Like, God really expects me to love him? Like, put him first? Like, call him Lord? I thought that was just church talk. It's not church talk. It's life talk. It's a lifestyle. It's a commitment that goes beyond what is right in front of us. It's a commitment that goes beyond my, my fleshly desires to put myself first and that's where i put my finger on my problem my carnal desire to put myself first when jesus says it is he who needs to be high and lifted up not just on the cross but in my heart and in my mind that i remember what he has done for me and i'm ashamed of doing anything less than giving him my all that's A level of commitment that blows my mind. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. You may discern what is the will of God. It is possible. But you cannot be thinking like the rest of the world. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you can discern the will of God. And Philippians 1, 9 and 10 says, It is my prayer... That your love may abound more and more with knowledge and discernment. Do you want to be able to discern what to do at work, at home, in your career? Yes. God, tell me what to do. Your love must abound first. That's the New Testament way of saying, fear the Lord. You're never going to be able to have any level of consistent discernment between. Should I should I date this guy? Should I play this sport? Should I shop at this store or that store? Should I, should I do this at work? Should I take that promotion? Should I volunteer for this? Should I donate this? You're never going to have a strong level of spiritual discernment unless you grow your love for the Lord. That's the secret sauce. The greater your love for Jesus, the more you treasure Jesus, the more he reveals to you what God's will is in your life and that ain't easy because to love God you have to stop and don't point at the person next to you I gotta stop loving them <laughs> they're not the problem you are you have to stop loving yourself stop loving yourself more than you love God that's the great issue in discernment why don't I know because you're the boss if God was the boss you probably know Q Job cue ecclesiastes however even when you're righteous doing what is right sometimes bad stuff just happens yep are you going to trust him anyway are you going to trust him through it all all right let's power through some more of these notes here Um, the eternal usually throws us for a loop turn to proverbs 3 Turn to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. We don't just have to look at the New Testament for understanding of discernment. Proverbs 3 gave us the blueprint for discernment a long time ago. Proverbs 3. Verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord. All right, here's your next blank. Trust in the Lord, not his laws, not your own morals. Don't trust in good works. We trust in the Lord himself. The Bible calls you to trust God, not just his ways, not just his attributes, him. Trust the Lord with all of your heart, not just like with what you understand, not your intellect, not your experiences. Trust the Lord. Oh, I got that backwards there. Go to the next one. Yeah, there you go. Not your smarts, not your feelings, not your past wins not your losses, you cannot, you can't trust your heart unless you trust in the Lord first. You trust in the Lord with your heart, then you can only trust what the Lord reveals to your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. That's not your intellect, not your experiences, not not the way you think you see the world going. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. In all my ways? How do I acknowledge God in all my ways? By praying through all things, by thinking through all things, repeating things, meditating on things, on Scripture, thinking deeply, by reading other people's perspectives, can help you acknowledge God in all things by listening. Listening to what God has already said in the Bible through stories, through other people's examples. Listening to things you hear at church. Listening to other believers as they pour into your lives. In all your ways, acknowledge Him by all that you do and say. And He will make your path straight. Not swerving here and there. Not not going backwards. Not blocked. How can I know what God wants? Where can I get discernment from? Trust in the Lord. Stop being in charge and leaning on your own understanding. And in every little thing that you do, acknowledge that God is in charge and let Him make your path straight. That's He who began a good work and you will be faithful to complete it. Walk in the good works that He's prepared for you. That's the whole language of the New Testament. Walking in it. Walking through it. So that's the recipe for discernment and it requires you to be spiritual. Next blank. Discernment requires focus on God's Spirit, not focus on what is right in front of you. Oh, but the world's on fire. God knows. He knows that. Focus on God's Spirit. Life is always going to be in your face. (laughs) That's the whole point of the shield of faith and the armor of God. Take a deep breath. The world's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's just right there, and you're in the middle of it. (sighs) Deep breath and focus on God's Spirit, praying through all things. The the way the world is, the world demands instant answers. I thought a long time about this before I typed typed it out. The world demands instant answers and God demands, and and the first thing I typed was wrong. The first thing I typed was God demands instant obedience. And I had this idea of a father who's well-trained his son and asked him to do it. Boom! Like, No, the older brother who stayed at home when the prodigal ran off was the brother who had instant obedience but his heart was far from his dad God doesn't want instant obedience let me free you from that for just a second God does not want instant obedience from you he wants oneness he wants union he wants fellowship he wants you to love him have you not been with me all these years and all that I have is yours? Your brothers come back. Rejoice. He who is lost is found. Don't throw a fit. When God doesn't act the way you don't think He should act, that's a sign that you are not in love with your Heavenly Father. God demands union with Him. Union. um, Oneness. And not instant obedience. I need just one, that's heavy on my heart this week. That God demands oneness, not instant obedience. Obedience will come from hearts that love God. It's it's not about we're just free, free range chickens doing whatever we want. Or like the turkeys in my neighborhood that just choo, 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 choo. It's not free like that. When the sun sets you free, you are free to love God with all that you have. You're not held back anymore by chains of guilt and shame and sin. You are free to serve God in all areas of your life. That comes from a pure heart. Um, instant obedience, by the way, the demons. When God tells them to do something, demons have instant obedience. Just Jesus rebukes them, see ya. The demons have instant obedience. That's not what God is out for in your life. He's out for you to join him to cooperate with him to be one with him and so here's the summary of proverbs again fear and love the lord don't fear and love the world fear and love the lord don't fear and love the world that's the only way of gaining discernment how do i know what to do let's look at how much you love god What do I do about this situation? Have you brought that to God? Well, yeah, I did. Are you still bringing it to Yeah, but we always have that but mentality. We just want to keep... Yes, I, I already did that. Like, we like prayed about it. No, no. Pray without ceasing. Pray with groanings. Pray with all that you have. Pray without eating. That's what fasting is for. To take the time. If you really care about something, you really... Knocking, asking, seeking to your heavenly Father. He's not going to give you a snake. He's not going to give you a stone. But asking once is... N- that, that's not how it rolls. Christmas is coming. I never got anything I asked for once. I circled it. I highlighted it in the Sears catalog. I tore the pages out. I, I put this page... I, put that on the fridge for grandma I, I reminded her hey, I, I was the catalog kid because my grandma was the catalog queen she loved going through the catalog and, and, but I needed to keep it in front of her I needed to let her know what I wanted I needed to, I needed to, I needed to nowadays I just send her my wish list from Amazon send and I'd probably do it the next day too send because I added something and send and send Why are we not like that with God? Why, don't, why do we not pray about every little thing we put in our shopping cart? Why, why do we not ask Him about everything? Is it because He's distant? That's your fault. You're distant, not Him. Do we not bring every little thing to Him because we don't think He's interested? Then you have the wrong view of who God is. He's way more wild wildly in love with you than that he cares about every little thing he cares he wants you to fear and love him at the same time that's how it works and as you live in union with him he helps you know what to do next he confirms things through your prayer life he confirms things through other people praying over your life he confirms things in your daily bible reading that you forgot about and you just i'm just going through the motions and it comes to life because you love him Not because of a checklist. Living in union with God, being tight with God, solves so many issues that we whine about as Christians. So many. So answer not a fool, answer a fool. That's totally a springboard this week. I just used that to talk about union with God because that's what it made me think about. How can I answer right? How How can I avoid the wrong answer? Only by deep, deep, Sustained time spent with God singing his songs while you're at work using your lunch break to do a little reading to do a little praying using your classmates as practice for talking about the gospel clucking in on time out on time having a good testimony, you're waiting for the day when your boss says, why are you so punctual? Let me tell you what God has done for me. A reason for the hope, a reason for every response that you have it becomes a rhythm of your life. Living in union with God will help you grow in your discernment. You can't just get discernment by going down to Ruth's Christian bookstore. <laughs> you can't buy it. It's not for sale. We cry out, Here's my usual prayer. I want blessings. <laughs> God, I want blessings. Um, but then I was reminded to live as Christ and to die as gain. <laughs> Such a whiner. We want blessings, but we forget. The greatest blessing is going to come when you lose everything. Uh oh. I just meant blessings now. I just, want, I just want a comfortable life right now. No. This world is broken. You're broken. Your family's broken. Your friends are broken. Everybody you'll ever associate with is broken. The only way out is through death. Ooh, how do you feel about that? Hey, Eric, why are you smiling at the prospect of death? Because Jesus is on the other side. He has a hope that is bigger than anything he could go through on planet earth. That's exactly it. To live is Christ and to die is gain. So it all comes down to our union with Christ. That's the next blank. It all comes down to our union with Christ. And then the last, the last one. Uh, these proverbs just keep teaching. I've never gone through Proverbs so slowly in my life and I may never do this book again (laughs) Uh, because it just keeps convincing me like here is yet another book of the Bible that won't shut up about where my heart needs to be. I thought it was just going to tell me what to do. It's telling me who to be and that is really personal. And I can't answer because I don't know. And that's the point of putting those verses together. You don't know. It's almost a slap in the face. Answer, not answer. I'm like, how do I know? Like, that's the point. To make you ask the question. To make you verbalize out loud, I don't know. Well, duh. You never know. Even when you think you know, you don't know. God is working and big. He's behind the scenes putting all this stuff together and you don't know. Oh, if that's what it's about, then... I better love God. Thank you. That's the quickest way to be right. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So last blank. This is not about a discernment problem. It's a love problem. When you feel like you don't know what to do, where do you go? Google or Jesus? I just don't know how to handle this situation. How to deal with difficult people? Well, you talk about a hard search. Google's back there laughing. <laughs> Another fool. Uh, okay. Yeah, Google's trying to figure out how to throw a mirror up on your screen. At that point, Foom. oh, <laughs> yeah, that would be that'd be the appropriate response. Um, but it's a love problem. So keep reading through Proverbs. Keep tolerating proverbs proverbs is getting under my nerves here um because it is stepping on my toes over and over again Uh, yeah proverbs where do you need god to help you this week Uh, we started with the idea of discernment maybe you thought of yeah i need help making this decision you do but let me encourage you to go backwards just a step and spend time with Jesus and your prayer life and your reading life if you have somebody you deeply trust that you can pray with pray with them If you have deeply somebody who can you can you can confess your sins to not for not because they can forgive you that you you confess those to Jesus but you're struggling with something you don't need to struggle alone you need somebody who you care about that can pray for you watch over you so you're not getting crushed by the weight that Jesus already bore for you it's not yours give it up to grow in your discernment and your ability this week as a parent, as a student. It doesn't make sense. But the more time you spend with God, the more things he works out in your life. It doesn't make sense. I know. The more time you spend praying, the more time he can get done things he can get done in your life. It doesn't make sense. But I've got to be I've got to No, you don't. Discernment is seeing God as my most important thing. And he will take care of the rest. Or empower you and show you how to take care of the rest. Stand with me. Let's pray. Dear God, we come to you with grateful hearts. We are thankful for all that we have in Jesus. Help us to stop obsessing over all the right answers, all the right programs. Help us to not get bogged down in the details of life as if it were some recipe or pattern that we needed to get perfect. You are a God who cleans up all of our childish messes. So teach us how to trust you, to love you, and to bring everything to you. That we would be a people who, who ask you, is now the time to answer? Is now not the time to answer? That we would bring every, every decision, every hard thing right in front of you, God. That Our eyes wouldn't be on fools. Our eyes would be on Jesus. Reading about him, praying to him, and seeing how he encountered all the same things in life that we encounter. That really makes it simple. His words need to be our answers, his words need to come out of our mouths. People brought him the craziest questions. And he answered with grace. And he always came around to spiritual things. Fill our hearts with the words of Jesus that we would be a people that always come around to talking about spiritual things. And forgive us for, we just asked the wrong questions, God. Teach us. That's our prayer today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You. may his grace watch over you uh, we hope to see you at lunch today God bless you, you are dismissed